You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com featuring all the heavy hitters. Eddie Radosevich is in studio with me. That's right. I think it's been the first time Eddie's been in studio in a very, very long time. Josh McQuistion, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Brisbillo. I was going to say Bob McQuistion, but you don't have that title. You haven't been adopted or anything. Uh, welcome in, boys. We're, life is kind of getting back to normal a little bit. I start Feels to feel like that it. way. Uh, Eddie is in studio. We've got a camp coming up on Sunday in Dallas. Uh, I'm going out to shoot some photos as soon as this thing is over. And then we got pro day coming up tomorrow. Although pro day is going to remind us that life sucks because it's all going to be via zoom. Uh, so welcome in boys. How are we doing today? Josh, let's start with you. Uh, I'm good. You know, just realized I, uh, I will not be picking up Lainey from school today and realized I did not send her with a note. So she was going to just be sitting there waiting for her bus to pick her up with, uh, Nobody aware that they needed. She needed to be picked up. So my my six year old almost got left on the curb. It's been so long since I've seen school buses out and about. Mm. I see one every day in my neighborhood. Oh well, I guess I guess I don't have really necessarily have a neighborhood to yeah see. Nobody's picking yeah, anybody you don't have up a downtown. Cul-de-sac to drive around like I do. But I saw a bus like the other day, kind of like mid afternoon. I was like, the school bus. "What the hell's going on? I just haven't seen them in forever." Guys, and I think these buses were going to the State Fair Arena for basketball. Do you feel like you have good luck and bad luck when it comes to school buses? I Twice here lately, I have been trapped behind a school bus on like a county road type situation. And so they're stopping like every couple of streets and I can't go around them because by the time I get accepted, like they're stopping. you're going to run over a the- child if you Exactly. Like it. you can't be that guy. So um, I- I've had a bad run here with school buses lately and it's, it's upsetting. You know, uh... The dynamic duo went out to a high school uh, event yesterday and almost jinxed uh, Kingfisher into a loss. I swear to God, first quarter ends and Bob and I both looked at each other across the court and was like, Eight to four. We can't get a guy to perform well in front of us. So what happens is every time that Eddie and Bob together as a duo, I've been a part of one jinxing, I believe. But these two, without... And it might just be you, Eddie. I mean, after the Kamar Wheaton situation, too. Seriously, I haven't gone to a game. I mean, and Bijan Cortez did end up delivering. He had 22 points. But it was like, oh, my God, this is happening again. He's going to get shut out. Bob was really concerned, like, that parents are going to start asking him to leave every yeah, time like, he shows please up. Please don't somewhere. come to our kids' game. Every time that you guys show up, they end up playing terrible. 
Well, it's obvious Bijan had to get over seeing Eddie for the first time. Yeah, I think that he was nervous. Entire quarter. That's what I told and myself. Then he got into his groove. Well, you're doing a live shot for the gram like before the game starts, which is yeah. Be I got unsettling. him in the background. I got him in the background. Got to be unsettling he had to for know. those kids. He had to know. You know, the other thing when you're behind a school bus, you don't want to be the loser. You don't want the kids on the bus to think that you're a loser. Got to be cool. Why would they think you're a loser? I don't know. I mean, I just they it's always, one of those the kids things. In the back it's like of the bus always made fun of the car. I was yeah. never much of a bus rider in school, though. I guess it was half the time, half and half. Yeah, as Oklahoma City's biggest influencer, you need to do better as a, with a car. Maybe get the dent get a new fixed. car. Get the get a new car. Get I the think there's a better fixed. chance of me getting a new car than getting the dent fixed. But it won't be long before you have a dent in whatever new car you get, because as long as I've mm-hmm. known you. You've always had a giant dent in the side of your well, car. Well, I'm going to try not to, but sometimes shit happens. <laughs> it's a little bit of and, it's a little he, bit of character. And he too. won't tell anyone exactly how the dent happened either. Oh no, I've told everybody. I've asked you millions of times. In my, in my parking, no, I've told you. I think in my parking garage they have like pillars, and it was like the first day that I'm living over there. I'm already frazzled because I'm having to move, which is the worst thing in the world. It is. I and agree. I went back down there. I'm leaving, and it's kind of weird the way my parking garage is. Like it's, on, I park on the corner of a sharp turn, like like as you turn around it, because it's one of those loops. When you grow up in Oklahoma, you're not used to dealing with underground parking garages. Sure, yeah, yeah. fair enough. And I just I backed right into it. Like I backed in, I backed the side of the car into the pillar next to my parking spot. It's going to be the same pillar that somebody's standing there one morning when I go out for radio and they shoot me. That's how I'm going to die. I'm convinced. I'm going to be assassinated. What do you? What type of person would assassinate you? What do you think they would be most angry about? Oh, I don't know. Probably something I said on Twitter or something I said Horns to them up in for person. Peace, maybe. Uh, I don't know about trying to that. silence the movement or big bread, big dairy. It might be bread, big bread, big dairy. It could also be another uh, fellow reporter. Maybe somebody's asking multiple questions <laughs> in the Zoom, and he gets pissed off about it. I guess that happened last night. If 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 that happens, you guys need to uh, make a promise to me that you'll have a whopper in my memory. Do you? I mean, a whopper of a time, not the actual burger <laughs> at the funeral. At Memorial least you'll finally put him behind bars for good. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, uh, I, not, I actually it's not am. Every day that Carrie goes farther than Eddie will. That's yeah, amazing. It, that's the thing. It's going to be a. Uh, going to be a double homicide is what it's going to be <laughs> i just hope you're i hope i'm the first one See, to that's go how, that's how long that I, that battle is for me is like it's it's almost worth i just basically said your death would make it worth it yeah i mean it i just want to be the first one to go so i don't have to live in fear for like the uh 24 hours no i've had the same thing like i've told people for many years if you find my dead body uh there's a short list of people at my house you know who to go to. There's a short list of people, for sure. The, yeah, the suspect list is short and distinguished. If I, I die, it's Tiffany. Right. I want to be clear about this. If I die, Tiffany has killed me for well, one it's, reason It's always Tiffany the loved is, one. I've watched enough Datelines <laughs> to know that. you got to start in well, the home. Tiffany is Tim, bullying me online now. It's not fun. It's I, I'm. Uh, she's she's uh, she got a little drunk on power and maybe a little drunk period and sent you the first message, <laughs> and then she 
she's like, he hasn't responded to me. And I was like, well, all right. And then I guess I missed when you responded finally. And yeah, then like she two was days like, later, she went back in. Two days later, I finally responded and I said, you notice how I haven't responded to this. I'm legit scared of her. And yeah. I, dude, she knows, like, believe me, that's part of her. Like, when if she, if, if I'm feeling sick and she sings me to sleep, which never happens, but for this great story, Part of the song is that she can kill me and no one will know because she knows all sorts of drug shit. So yeah. it's concerning. It's like the, uh, what's the thing that they did on Breaking Bad? What was the, the capsule that they made? Oh, yeah. That had the uh, cyanide in it or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't cyanide. No, no it, was it, was... Something, it was something crazy. Guys, she's just not into, she's not just into anesthesia. She was a chemistry major in college. Like, she is a frightening person. You just... Be nice to her. That, that's that's. I've done the, nothing but be nice no, to her. No, I no, this is this is preemptive. She this started is preemptive. This. She started. I'm this. telling you, I I I think if we tell enough people on this podcast, and I suddenly die of suspicious circumstances, I I don't want you guys to go to the police. You're too obvious. It needs to be one of our listeners to step up, and she can't find them. She will find you three. Don't don't be brave. Don't be heroes. By the way, ricin was what it was. Ricin. Yeah. I ricin, cyanide, I same thing. Cheated. But I that's think. better than everybody being on the pod uh, thread going, ricin! It's ricin, you idiots. That's fair. Uh, okay, so Pro Day is coming up tomorrow. Uh, let's start off before... Everybody gets in, all in their you know feelings. We start off with basketball, so we'll wait. Uh, but let's start off with Sunday. Uh, Josh, you and Eddie will be, we all tried to go, but because of COVID, they're restricting us to two people. Uh, but Josh, you'll be headed down to, uh, Arlington for, uh, the Under Armour camp and rivals. I, we should say this too. Rivals camps are coming back this summer. I don't think we've said that on the pod. Uh, but that's very exciting. We're talking about life getting back to normal. Eddie's in the studio. Uh, and Josh, I don't know if you want to touch on this first, but Rivals Camps are returning, uh, which gives us an opportunity not just to go to Texas, because there one will be one in Dallas, but uh, out to L.A., possibly Atlanta. Uh, so it's, it's a very exciting time to hear that Rivals Camps are coming back in some form. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you, you would think, where in normal years, you know, because it's a one-entity camp sometimes we don't get as many guys as we'd like to have out there and that kind of thing but this year guys should be rolling out in droves i mean we should really get a lot of great exposure and see a lot of the guys that we're hoping to see so like no that, spencer rattler skipping shit this year exactly just guys just want to be out competing uh, you know doing anything that feels kind of like what you're just talking about anything that feels normal um now i will say i'm not sure this has been announced yet um yeah, I think it's to, uh, no, it's like a week from today or tomorrow. So we uh, we we may have to cut this and uh, stay out of uh, rivals corporates uh, bad graces. But uh, but no, I'm I mean, not scared of them. Seriously, they're, we'll they're try hitting, it out. We'll see if they're um, listening. <laughs> they're they're hitting a lot of a lot of major areas. We're not going to have as many camps as usual, but I mean, you're hitting the highlights: Atlanta, Dallas, uh, Miami, L.A. I mean, like they're just not a lot of fluff camps, and it's going to make these better i mean that you're gonna have a lot of four and five star guys at these camps because like i said they want to come compete and secondarily there's not as many camps so they're gonna some guys are gonna have to leave their region or leave their hometowns and go compete with guys maybe they don't normally see are there any guys as far as 
current offers, new offers that you're really kind of fired up to see that we haven't been able to see over the course of uh, kind of the weird season that they had in Texas? Oh, yeah. I mean, or you know, even you nationally, at, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really want to see some of these linebackers. Like, I think Kip Lewis is super interesting. I know we all kind of remembered him from um, uh, Carry Your Babies Yelling. Um, the uh, that was actually mine. I'm doing daddy daycare. Today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, s- some guys like that. Obviously, uh, I I can't wait to go out to Los Angeles and see Malachi Nelson in person. Um, get a look at OU's, you know, really only quarterback offer in the country right now. Uh, and, and just see some of those guys, you know, where you're starting to see some of those young names start to emerge at positions that are frankly very key to what Oklahoma is going to do but I also guys you know from a we all know me I I love Oklahoma preps and getting to see guys like Talon Shetron and Luke Hass and some of those guys come down to Dallas you know and compete against some of these elite guys and you know really I, I think have a chance to push themselves you know in Shetron's case maybe push himself into five-star status or in Haz's case maybe push himself into Rivals 100 maybe be competing to be the nation's number one tight end I mean there there are there's some really elite high-end talent in the state of Oklahoma the next few years and I want to see those guys kind of go to work Kip Lewis is the kid from uh, Carthage right that kind of burst mm-hmm. onto the scene of the state championship game yeah that had that huge state championship game and Carthage just drubbed Gilmer Uh, well, as for this weekend, um, the Under Armour stop is going to be uh, in Arlington or Dallas, uh, Arlington, I guess it is. Uh, what is it just just immediately that sit, you know uh, kind of comes to mind about what you're excited about possibly seeing there? Well, I think it's going to be interesting because what you're having done in, in these camp settings is they're breaking, you know, it's it, it usually, and you guys know this, but I mean, I think people that don't go don't understand. It's all in one, it's all kind of happening at the same time. The receivers and DBs are over in one end. The O-line, D-line's at one end. The quarterbacks are kind of working intermingling, intermingling with both groups. And then you've got what's happened with COVID is they're trying to spread everybody out. And with more campers coming, like I said, to all these camps, that they've got to figure out ways to kind of loosen it up a little bit. Well, they're doing O-line, D-line, then they're doing skill positions. So they're breaking it up a little bit. So we really have more time to sit and watch all of these guys and really get a feel for, you know, each player, not to where you're like, oh, I didn't see enough of him, I didn't see enough of him, because it doesn't matter. I mean, even when I leave this camp, I'll feel like I didn't get to watch this guy enough, I didn't get to watch this guy enough. That That's just inevitable. I can't I, – I always feel that way. But it will help you really kind of bear down and watch a few guys that maybe you really have eyes on and – you know, for us as a site, Eddie getting video of all these guys, I mean, it's it's just going to be kind of running on an endless loop because, like I said, in Dallas, with the talent in Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. I haven't seen the final roster yet, but I have seen very few guys that aren't talking about coming to this camp. So I think we're going to see a whole bunch of OU offers or guys that will be before too long. Eddie, you excited about uh, getting out to camp again? I actually am. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for you. It's been uh, it's been a while. It was it it been a while since I shot a basketball game yesterday when I went over to the big house. I was I was happiest for you for the bowl game because that was the closest I think that you had been to actual football players all season. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a good uh, was a good ending to a weird season. 
I feel like, you know, as far as like, you know, I'm sure that we'll get into spring football. I don't know what the plans are, but I would imagine by April 24th, maybe, just maybe we can do something. I doubt it. I mean, it's still going to be 25% capacity. I, mm-hmm. I think until next year, they're just going to treat it like it has I'll been. I'll take it as it is. I mean, if we can get all the way to August and have some type of normalcy as far as the way that we're covering games and uh, you know post-practice and that kind of stuff, like, I want... I, I told somebody the other day, like I, I think it was Nate Fakin or somebody, I'm looking forward to being able to like bitch about, oh, I got to go down to Norman on a Monday to go down to practice. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's the little things. No, I've thought about I it. I think there's definitely been some burnout as far as people within the, you know, business or whatever that just, just sucks. It feels like you're not doing anything. I think Bob's nearing kill someone stage. Because he's nah. he's doing gonna, zooms as much as anybody. It's just basketball. Because if you've ever gone to a post game basketball in a regular setting, they last like seven or eight minutes total, and now they're lasting like thirty. And it's just it's sort of because of what we reference. Like some people just want to ask a question to ask a question. When we're like on your twelfth question, the Lon Kruger last night. Do you really need to ask it? Just sort of move on. It's going to be okay. It's weird. Well, Bob, that was a huge win. It's weird how <laughs> basketball than losing, has sure. gotten more involved, and football is clearly less involved in terms of questioning and, and interviews and stuff like that. Like, it seems like football is way more condensed. We get less information. Um, you have fewer opportunities to really get at something interesting. Well, I think the uh, the deliver of the deliverer of information is quite different <laughs> when you're talking about getting information out of Lincoln Riley as opposed to uh, Long Kruger. It's like media socialism. Everybody gets their portion. Where when you're in person, you can kind of just cannibalize the week. I think that's uh, inter- interestingly accurate way to say it. <laughs> Um, okay, so we do have Pro Day coming up tomorrow. Before we get to that, let's let's dive into some basketball because that's what's current. That's what's going on. I wanted to get some recruiting out there early, uh, and we can come back to recruiting before we're done. But uh, Sooners last night, I, I thought there was a lot of good, and, and you know, I was one of those people that said it's going to be better for this team to do that first round because they need to go out and, one, win a game, uh, but they need to kind of sort through some things offensively. And I think the one thing I took from last game, last night's game, Bob, is that it wasn't all Austin Reeves. You had Elijah Harkless get involved again. Uh, you had Davion Harmon getting inv- involved offensively. Now, again, problems defensively down the stretch and just leaving open shooters. And we have not seen that Alabama defense resurface yet uh, You know, in this last part of the season. But... I thought they made some really positive strides on the offensive end last night, Bob. Yeah, at least for the first 35 minutes. And then you just kind of see everyone just looking for Austin Reeves to take him home. It's like no no one wants to be that guy in the last four or five minutes to try to make a play. But it was 51-32. I mean, that's, that's the good news. They did figure things out, especially in the early portions of the, set, of the second half and what Harkless did. I mean, that's that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to stuff the stat sheet in every way possible, and it's his five steals 
that stand out the most because that's when you get out in transition. And we know when Harkless and Harmon are out in transition, it's very hard to to stop them. They've become a very for, formidable duo in terms of leading the break and always finishing. But then, you know, then they I actually agree with what uh, Fran said last night. They were looking for that media timeout and they kind of got off the gas pedal and they never able to get it back on for the final eight, eight minutes. So you get a six point win. Doesn't look good. It felt like, you know, for 35 minutes, they actually played some really good ball. Sometimes I feel like you almost need to put like a shock collar on Austin Reeves because he just gets so (laughs) out of control. Like I feel like sometimes, and it's crazy to say because he's an all big 12 first team guy, but like I, I feel like some of the best stretches Oklahoma played last night were with him off the court. Like let and let think, Devion Harmon cook. And I think Austin Reeves forgets sometimes that he can make three point shots because he he has not missed much lately, and he took more last night. But like when he gets into that mode, I think he's so competitive, and maybe I think in Bedlam particularly, I think those guys were talking a lot of shit. Yeah. And he let it get in his head, so where he just started driving every time to just try and prove a point. Yeah, and then he thought, well, if I drive into four guys, they're gonna get a foul call. You're out of control. Of course, you're not gonna get a call. And they're all, you know, the Boone brothers are tall. Yeah, I mean, they're huge. <clears throat> what was disappointing about last night is Reeves goes out with that ankle, and you know full well Lon was like, "Can I not? Can I go to rest these seven minutes and not put him back in?" And they couldn't. They fell apart, and that's why. I, I sometimes don't get the Reeves slander because they had a chance for those other guys to sort of cement themselves as like a backup point guard of some sort. And instead, I, you know, Iowa State goes on an 11 nothing run. And it's like, I, I don't care how your ankle feels. You got to get back out there or else we're going to blow this lead. And, and that's where it's confusing because they've got, you know, people like Mo Gibson, like Davion Harmon, who have the ability to be the point guard. But I guess if you haven't done it the entire season, it's hard to just turn that switch on when a m- moment like that happens. Yeah, last night, and really, we'll we'll find out more. I my TV's not working in the office, so I can't even what? see what the crowd looks like at OSU West Virginia. Yeah, it's not that much. I mean, it's not much. Yeah, that, like this tournament kind of makes me worry. Like when they do get back to full capacity, are people gonna come? Like it's thirty eight hundred oh, yeah. capacity. But it looks like there's like 38 people in the gym. I think it's also the way that it's being, I guess, portrayed or the way that you see it on television. You know, it doesn't look like that many. But I think if you were there and I I don't know how many people were there last night. I I would assume that nobody went to the Kansas State TCU game. Yeah, I think it was pretty barren. But I would imagine that even tonight, I mean, there will be Kansas fans there. It's just kind of assumed. And for being at the Lloyd Noble games for like Kansas and Texas and Bedlam, TV, it, I mean, the all there's no fans within in the lower the, bowl, yeah, yeah, in the view that they usually they usually use. But that that was some good atmosphere yeah, for as, as much as you can have with just twenty five percent. So, yeah, they're being I don't think really be an issue. But I mean, yeah. that was last night. Uh, Frischilla and Washusen were in the arena calling the game, and they they were even bitching a little bit about, yeah, we can't be near the court. Like, no, I mean, I, I think everybody, or at least I would say that. And Eric, everything that they're doing in Kansas City is a little bit over the top, but I understand yeah, what they're doing. Eric Bailey was like up in the upper deck. He took a photo. Like he he was like normally you'd be courtside if you're media, but 
they have the media way, way up. In the, I mean, if I was Bailey, top. I would seriously think about just watching the game from my hotel room. Probably have a better angle. Yeah, it's like being above the 300 section at a, th- <laughs> at a Thunder game. Which is just an awful area up there. Cloud City yep. up there. Yeah. I mean, when you're higher than uh, Loud City, that's rough. I wouldn't be a. I wouldn't be taking part in that. But the Sooners move on. Uh, it's a massive opportunity on Thursday. Taking night. on KU. Yeah. Um, Bob, what do you think about the the potential? I mean, KU obviously looks like a team that's they're they're the two seed. They played a lot better down the stretch. Yeah, and the guy that's without not going to be out there is McCormick. Exactly. Right, exactly. Go ahead, Bob. I mean, without McCormick, just game just feels a lot different i mean that's where ou's been hurt so much in that four game losing streak you had davion bradford kansas state you had cunningham and boone and bedlam and you had uh, smith brown and sims uh with uh, uh texas like they there's been those guys there's big dudes in the post that ou's had no answers for without mccormick who was that guy from kansas you just you, you sort of wonder what sort of matchups will be played what what is bill self gonna try to do and you know what what does that mean for guys like brady manic and kerr quest you know the, you only have one of them out there but how does kansas adapt to not having the one guy that really could have done massive damage to the sooners the the entire night fascinating to see what they do though because i mean it's it's inexcusable not to have kerr quest out there at some point like i it's a crime that he didn't play a week ago against Texas in the first yeah, half. Yeah. Juan Kruger should maybe yeah. be he should maybe be arrested when they return home from uh wherever. I guess Indianapolis. There there were two bad moves I thought by Kruger during that four game stretch. Uh the first was starting the initial Bedlam game with Jalen Hill on Cade Cunningham. He quickly corrected that and put yeah. Markless for that one and then for the second game. And then obviously it was not playing Quest in the first half against Texas. You look at last night Quest had 21 minutes. Manic had 19. Lon said he was ready to go. Iwakor, if he had to go that way, I think he. I think tonight feels like a Victor type type of game. He he's got the type of uh, versatility. If you look at the athletic guys like that Kansas has that aren't necessarily too big, so he can sort of come in and bring that energy for like you know a little four or five minutes spurt. And that's all. That's all they're asking of you. So. You know, if you're complaining about your minutes, just do the most with what you can in that little spurt and try to earn some time when you get to the second half. One of his best games probably this year, Bob, was up in Lawrence against Kansas, wasn't it? He, I think he had eight, he played 18 minutes. Didn't I mean, his stat line wasn't just incredible, but I think he had 5.7 rebounds in yeah, the 18 minutes. Jay, you know, no Manic, no Jalen Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you've got to act with that same urgency when those guys are on are with the team too. And, you know, I think some, he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle and he's got to realize when he gets put in there, he's, he's got to do something to earn a second stint. And you're sort of seeing that, you know, this, the depth that we talked about, it's not as real as it felt like a month or two ago. But if, if you make lawn, you know, tell you know, show him, that you've earned the right to play more minutes. Lon, Lon will do that. He's not just set in stone on what he's looking to do from game to game. You're going to dictate the five that's going to be out there as you head down the stretch. Wouldn't it kind of feel like the, I guess, the lows of the last two weeks are eliminated if this team's able to get to Friday? You get to a semifinal game in the Big 12 tournament. Like I, I feel like that would make everybody feel a little bit better about the way that the season ended. 
It would, and it would probably get you maybe back to the five line. I still think they're a six seed when it comes to so the selection Sunday, which, by the way, is just three days away, too. And, and But, yeah, I mean, if you can beat Kansas again, I don't think people really care. Like, oh, they don't have McCormick. It's not like you say, oh, they didn't have Brady Manick and Jalen Hill when they lost to Kansas, or no, they didn't have Austin Reeves and Alonis Williams when they beat Bama. Like, that doesn't really get brought up. It's just the fact that you've got that win. And if you can take out Kansas and then, you know, Texas, Texas Tech, I mean, all four of those games are incredibly competitive and you just kind of take your best shot at them. I'd, I'd, I'd rather be a 6'11 than a 5'12. It seems to me 5'12 historically is always... 12s have had a lot of success lately. A bad thing for well, five. You're, you're also sometimes catching, if you're an 11, you're catching one of those teams that's already played a playing game. Yeah. And usually it's a power five team that wasn't as good as they were supposed to be, but maybe they've got it together. I'm looking at North Carolina when mm-hmm. I say something like that. It's wild about the news that came out with Duke this morning. I didn't see it. They're out of the ACC tournament. They're, they're a done. walk on got COVID. Oh. So they had to so forfeit their game against Florida, Florida State. State. I, I would imagine Duke season's over. It's amazing how many blue blood programs are basically playing for their lives this weekend. Kentucky, I mean, Syracuse, I guess Syracuse is in a blue blood, but they played Virginia on Wednesday. It's a pretty good game, or Thursday, I mean. I saw right now, I think Lenardi had them as last four in Syracuse. Yeah. Oh, Talk about a nightmare situation. Buddy Bayheim dropping 30 on OU in the first round. I'll jump (laughs) off the Devon Tower. I'll jump off the Devon Tower or jump in front of Jim Bayheim's car, one of the two. I don't know anything about... The situation at Syracuse, I know uh, Bayheim was under fire for going after a reporter for being 5'2 or something. <laughs> yeah, the athletic reporter from uh, Syracuse. And I was seeing those highlights and the whole Bayheim equality thing. I'm like, that doesn't really seem like you're talking about racism. It seems like you're talking about your coach. Like, that's just weird. I mean, he's been coaching at uh, Syracuse. Bayheim has for my entire life 40 years right yeah, it, he got there i think seven years before i was born mm-hmm. it's insane he's an old i just remember running into him uh over in old. memphis when you played syracuse in the sweet 16 i just remember thinking yep this guy's basically the asshole everybody says he is <laughs> all right it has been uh really beautiful outside lately uh, i've been getting outside even driving around with the windows down and uh that means that you're getting back out there and sunroof season it's sunroof season and oh, i gotta i gotta clean my car out the papers fly everywhere when i do that uh but that means you're getting out there in the world uh you've been sitting around you haven't really been updating your wardrobe uh and uh you need you know what you need? You need some new socks from Dead Soxy. Uh, and if you use the promo code BOOMER, you get 30% off of uh, your entire order. Uh, you can also, uh, if you're getting back out, I know a lot of people getting back out in the office, uh, you want to get the boardroom socks. Uh, but Eddie, uh, I, that's the thing. When the weather gets you know warmer, uh, putting on these socks, it's they're so comfortable. Uh, it just makes you feel like you're getting back out there in the world. Yeah, it's perfect. And, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of people that don't like when they're wearing shorts and their socks are showing. So that's why the uh, the, the cutoffs are the perfect ones, the no-show socks. And then if you really want to get into it and you got to go with the long sock, no better time than now to go with the uh, no-patented, no-slip silicone beads. And they never do fall down. 
they were perfect when I was walking around with boots on. And you know what? You can get your uh, crimson color waves, too. Uh, if uh, getting ready for the big game this, this year, uh, go sign up for a pack of the uh, crimson cream color waves. And uh, you'll look good on game day. So perfect for the Easter basket as well. Here coming up over oh, the next yeah. couple of months. You're always thinking about the Easter. Well, good Catholic yes, boy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that is deadsoxy.com. D e a d s o x y dot com. Use that promo code Boomer, and you'll get thirty percent off uh, of your entire order. So uh, thanks for supporting a great sponsor, and thanks to Dead Soxy for being a great sponsor. And as always, guys, remember stay soxy. Uh, <laughs> Outside of uh, NCAA tournament, all that, um, you guys think anybody's beating Baylor in this thing? Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened, but I don't know. It's kind of crazy. It's like one of those things. Like if like, they, they would ha- to me, they'd have to lose early. Uh, just kind of not, a surprise. Kansas State ain't beating them. Yeah. And I don't know if West Virginia or OSU could beat them. West Virginia leads by six at halftime as we record this. I the crazy thing about the Big Twelve is you could make an argument for anybody that is in behind Baylor. Ba- obviously, Baylor's going to be a one seed. They're going to be a favorite to get to the Final Four. But from two to seven, you could make an argument, and I could buy into thinking that any of those teams could get to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament, or lose the very first round. Sure, <laughs> like I think the Big Twelve's pretty good, but. Like I, I just don't know. Like for a, for Texas Tech is a great example of a team that Chris Beers probably got just about everything he can get out of that group. They don't have anybody that can score outside of Mac McClung. But I like Tech just because a lot of those guys have tournament experience. Sure. Yeah, and that can be important. Sure. And it's like Oklahoma- although everybody missed last year, so I don't know how much that really matters. Yeah. This year. And Oklahoma State's a great example of a team that I could see making a run. I could also see them losing just for the fact that there's been a lot of games this year that they turn the ball over quite a bit because they have a young backcourt. And I feel like when you get to this time of the year, really good teams take advantage of that. How many games was Oklahoma State in that you felt like they didn't play well, and then all of a sudden it's a five-point game in the second half and Kay Cunningham takes over? Uh, Josh McQuistion is still here, I think, unless his wife has poisoned him. Um Josh, what? Let me ask you: What are you looking forward to most coming out of Pro Day tomorrow for Oklahoma? A forty time from someone, a, a Ronnie Perkins situation, a Creed Humphrey situation. I, I think the the two that you're really going to watch are Trey Brown and Ronnie Perkins, and I think it's their forty times. I think if Ronnie can go and be in that, oh, I mean, if he could get into the four sixes, which I don't think he will. But if he could get there, I think he would start to cement this first-round talk that is becoming more and more prevalent with him. Um, you know, but I, I would guess, I mean, guys, and you know, you could certainly weigh in as well. I think he's a mid-4-7s guy probably in that ballpark. He's a very, very good athlete, but, I mean, he's kind of more compact and not that long-legged kind of running type that you look at. And then at Trey Brown, I mean, as well as he came out of the senior bowl, his stock is climbing. And if he can just go out there and run the kind of 40 we all think he will, I mean, he's he could push into the fourth maybe, something like that. I, I have trouble believing he'd go any higher than that. But that kind of speed and the performance he had in uh, Mobile, there's, there's going to be somebody that gets excited about him as their nickelback in the next four or five years. Two things that are 
have kind of picked up steam over the last, I guess, month and a half, really, since the end of the Senior Bowl. Ronnie Perkins is definitely in the top, I don't know, 40, you would think. And it seems like if Pittsburgh has an opportunity to take Creed at center, that would be a great opportunity, wouldn't it? Get into that sit. That situation, they've always had really good centers. Pouncey just retired. I I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger being that close to your region is good for anybody. Well, he's a but, male, so I know. think he's okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, you're right. That that is he, he's not a college he's girl from Robert minded. Morris. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know. Like I, Ronnie, I mean Creed. That's I mean talk about just taking one great center and plugging in another guy and kind of keep moving. Um, that that'd be ideal for them. But we'll, we'll I, like I said, I there just hasn't been a lot of Creed buzz. I mean, like it, it's not that it's been bad. It just feels like he hasn't really moved in any direction. I think he's somewhere in that twenty to forty range, kind of with Perkins. Although I will say, I saw Joe Marino, a guy that I, I like pretty well. He didn't have Perkins or Humphrey in his top 50 that, that he put out this morning. Interesting. Does anybody else find, like, when twins grow up and continue to do things together to be a little creepy? Like, like BFFs? Pouncey twins both retired. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I think that had Morris more... Morris to... brothers do a lot of stuff together. It's kind of weird. I guess in a way, I mean... I feel like a lot of times when that situation happens, they're, uh, how do I say this? Committing crimes together. And I think the Pounceys and the uh, Morrises have done that. I just don't. I'm, I'm, I've never been that I'm best friends with my brother or my sister kind of relationship. I think My that, family's never been I think been it's different way. when you're growing up with somebody that basically you do literally everything with. I don't know. I, I'm pretty close with my brother. Um we, you know, we, we talk a fair amount. I, you know, Carrie, that's kind of, I, I guess it's the other side. Like, I don't spend as much time talking and being around my family as you do your parents, but I definitely spend more time, you know, like from what you're saying, my brother and I communicate a lot more. So I guess there's just a give and take to that. But yeah, I, I'm, there's definitely a line that is strange to me where it's, okay, that, that's too much. Like, I don't need to know. Like the, the Morris twins have all the same tattoos. I, I, those oh, that, they're oh. a little different, I think. I think they have might <laughs> might have some screws loose. I'm trying to think of like a good example of twins that don't necessarily hang out all the time. I can't think of any. It's hard enough to think of twins that are famous. I guess we need to bring Drake and Isaac on. See what's up. I grew up with two that were both really, really good artists. It was really strange. Like you thought, like one would lean in one direction and the other, but. They were both like they both went to. I think they both went to uh, college for it. Now one of them is responsible for like half of my friend's Christmas cards. Like he designs Christmas cards and stuff. So you you end up getting some of those from time to time. But um, I mean, I I knew twins growing up. Uh, one of my closer friends uh, in high school, I played baseball with. They weren't they weren't identical. They were fraternal, uh, and one of them died, which was awful. I mean, like got cancer and died and stuff. The Menendez brothers, another twin oh, set yeah. that committed crimes together. Well, they murdered their parents. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a crime. I'm just waiting that, for... That feels criminal. I'm just waiting. I bet Casey Anthony has a sister out there. I wasn't saying... <laughs> 
I wasn't saying like it's okay. All they did was murder their parents. Yes, I'm admitting they did a crime. I'm just waiting for like Bob Prisbillo to say, I talk to my twin all the time. Like him just to come out of the blue with something that we never knew. Because oh. that's the kind of thing that happens with Bob Prisbillo. I think, I think Bob's brother does look like you, though, doesn't it? Doesn't he? I have four brothers, so I, I don't know which one you could be There's talking about. There's one that I think looks like you. I can't. I do can't you have one, one that like though. you're much closer to than the others, Bob? Like, is there like do you like within the brothers? Is there like a like are there cliques within the four of you or five yes. of you? Jesus. Yes, absolutely. And see, I guess okay. I feel this way because my dad is a twin, which probably oh. meant if I ever had kids, I might have had a good chance of having twins. I think that's is the girl. Is it different for triplets? Is it girl? That's the girl. The girl twin? That, 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 well, no. No, no. Like, women decide if you're, oh, if you're so having twins or not. Oh, so my wife had been a twin. That, that, yeah. So, Tiffany and I were married for several years, and she was pregnant with Lainey before she was like, yeah, my family has some twins in there. I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa. This should have been, like, first date information. This is This is some bullshit right here. But luckily, we, we just got a one-off. Are the Full House twins good-looking now? No. In present day? I mean, they, they've done they've had their fair share of being put under to uh, cosmetically make themselves look better. Really? The Mary-Kate and Ashley? Yeah, I need to... No, uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the... Not the... the they ha- uh, Aunt Becky had twins with... Uh, oh, the ones that got into college. No... <laughs> Not her real children. On like the that. show, they had two little boys. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I bet they're both into meth. It seems like child actors. That's where they end up. Took the, the Macaulay Culkin route. Like how? How do like do parents like? Do you just have to decide like I don't really care about my kid. I want him to become a child actor. Because I like yes. all the 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 fail rate of that is just incredible. Well, I mean, the ultimate goal as a parent is to win a conservative ship over and conservatorship over your daughter, Whoa. and then keep her imprisoned. God, I wish Lainey could sing better. One of these kids has uh, fifty-one point four thousand followers on Instagram. One of the Olsen twins? No, the, uh, one of the, uh, the Olsen twins have millions and millions. N- Nikki Blake, and Alex, whatever their real yeah, names Tuomi are. Yeah, Tuomi Willett or something. <laughs> I don't know. T o m y. I don't I really know. remember. Were there legitimately two of them, or no? Yeah, they're they're there twins were two for sure. Okay, it was okay. way before CGI got involved. Yeah. Well, I just I couldn't remember how it got presented. I, I I like I said, Full House was that was like right in the range when I was like getting too cool for that kind of shit. Like you know, like at my age, I was like, no, I won't watch that anymore. Like that's that's lame sitcom bullshit. So you were emo, is what you're saying. I I went through a phase of being too cool. It lasted about fifteen years. So um, you know, and then I I started watching Big Bang once upon a time. I was like, that's stupid, and I was like, this is actually kind of funny at times. So I even said, then, I can't I can't just say it's funny. I got to say at times I have to uh, like I can't just fully to commit by. to it. Yeah, I can't fully commit, even though I'm like, mm, there's parts I don't like. You know, I said something to uh, Jared the other day uh, about how he's turning into you, Josh. I can't remember what he was doing. Uh, and his first response was, I can't wait to get my calf tat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, guys, I would say, I mean, and not in the world, but in the sports media world, I've got to have one of the more famous calf tats. Like, it's pretty well known <laughs> at this point. You've got to have the only calf tat. The only one. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, 
I would say Carrie, you're more famous for having a calf tat than your tat is famous. So you you think the the tat has made me famous more so than I've made it famous? I think the combination of calf tat and flip flops is yeah. I mean you're ne- oh that's you're just always going to be known as the calf tat flip flop guy. My uh my puppy ate my flip flop yesterday. I got to order a new pair. I am flip flopless at this moment. I I feel naked everywhere I go. It's awful. I'm having to wear real shoes and shit. I would well, I, I would try pair? I would try Olakai's for my next flip flops. That's that's what I had. Yeah, they are wild. Because I've, I've been a rainbow guy, and rainbows literally, you can take a bullet in those things. They are super tough. But the Olakai's, they're not quite as tough, but they're pretty good, and they are crazy comfortable. Yeah, I've never had a pair, but I've looked at them. They're a little weird looking. I've got, I think I got Sperry's right now, which I really enjoy. They've lasted mm-hmm. really long. Because the problem is when you get a heavy uh, flip flop, they always fall apart. Usually, I had the like I said, he chewed it up and it, they were going fine. I had no reason to replace them, but I'd had them for two and a half years, something like that. I'd had them for a little while now. It is weird that when you when you're a flip flop person, you become a flip flop person, and like putting on shoes becomes such a pain in the ass unless you have dead socksy no show socks. Uh, my replacement has some news from the Cleveland County District Attorney. Yeah, I just saw that. I'm glad that a bar fight was what it was, a bar fight. Oh, is this the no charges filed? Yeah, Cleveland County District mm-hmm. Judge uh, Greg Mashburn has declined to file charges in the Logie's bathroom incident. As it should be. I don't think anybody needs to get charged with any. It's a bar fight. Don't run somebody's life because two guys were drunk. I mean, I, I hate that he had his orbital bones yeah, it shattered. It sucks. It's that. awful. It's awful. I think everybody that was involved was probably I'm going to say wrong. probably, yeah, probably there was something before that, you know, why his nose was bleeding that those guys were responsible for. Absolutely. Um, Do we have, yeah. We have any idea. Go ahead. Don't mess with the guys with webbed ears, kids. There, there's, no, there's no greater lesson I can teach you. It's a good rule of it's thumb. It's hard to run that background. In college town. It's hard to run that background check before you fight, though. Oh, this guy runs an MMA gym. Oh, I do that. It's like a machine in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, my my guy was the best man in my wedding. He has cauliflower ear. You, if you saw him walking in the street, you wouldn't think anything of me. I mean, he's like a fit guy, but like you wouldn't think like. But don't. I wouldn't mess with that dude for anything. And. I'm a hell of a lot bigger than he is. You ever so notice, just, like the, that's a rule that hockey defenders uh, look a lot like wrestlers. Yeah, a little bit. They kind of have that same look. Good news is you don't run into many hockey players Not in Oklahoma here. City. No, no. Now, if you're like up in Chicago, you might need to watch, watch out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, you know, Josh kind of gave his take, but Bob, let's talk to you a little bit about pro day tomorrow. Is it is it the same roster that we know? Like, there's no add-ons or anything like that? Uh, Well, uh, Dylan Fahmatu is in there, and uh, And Kenneth Kenneth Mann is in there. Yeah, It's Brett Bowers. No Brett Brett Bowers. That would be sick. (laughs) (laughs) I would actually watch the Zoom if that happened. And, like, I want to know what we're going to be able to see. And we're going to be dependent on what they show us, which, I mean, it's they do it all in stages. So, I mean, you'll see everything. I mean... 
you'll see, heck, you might even see a little bit more because it's so crowded in there when they're doing the weighing and measuring and stuff like that, measuring. Um, I'm going to get killed for that. Uh, <laughs> As well you should. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I do it. Um, measure, measure, measure. Okay. Um, Yankee. <laughs> don't... Uh, I, I don't do poosh, which my mom does all the time, and I give her crap for that, too. So, poosh, push. I know it's push. Uh, I've never even heard that. Oh, yeah. What? It's, yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't know what like, word you're talking Instead of cushion, it's cushion. You don't know anybody that does that? Well, I, I, How does she Eddie say wash? basically does it with my name she every time he says wash. it. She doesn't say wash. She just says wash. Josh McQuestion. McQuestion. Oh, there's see now wow. you're, just, you're, you're, Bob, you're just trying to piss me off now, Eddie. Whatever, man. <laughs> he can do it. Well, he if we have him introduce you to the pod, he will definitely say McQuestion. Yep, hundred percent. He when I go on the show with him, absolutely going to happen. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. Before Josh complains about I n- never being on my show, can I have a uh, <laughs> just real quick follow up on uh, the Spencer Jones thing? Yes. You don't see this very often. Joe Castiglione Jr. retweets it. Oh, my God. I and just says, this is bullshit. And I'd love to tell you, I like the atmosphere there, Jr. Wow. Um, I'm going to go ahead and screenshot that because something tells me that ain't going to last for a long time. <laughs> something tells me you're probably right about that. Joe, come mm-hmm. get your boy. No, don't. Let him roll. Let I'm him not going to say anything. Let I'm him not going to say anything. Let but you cook. know, Joe is very active on Twitter. He's going to see that. Oh, yeah. There's no way he doesn't follow his own kid. No doubt about it. Bob uh, Proday. Bob Proday, yeah. You're, uh, I, I know you're not going to say Dylan Fa Matu, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I guess Trey Norwood is somebody of of interest too as well, Bob. Yeah, it's just like this is their only chance. You know, you feel like usually this is your last chance to make an impression. Now it's your last, but your only as well. You know, I, I think uh, like how Jordan Evans made the most of this moment and got himself drafted and has had a career ever since. Like, who's gonna have that type of breakout day that that maybe you just didn't see coming and trade nor i think he's got to be the guy you, you look to because he's the one we're all baffled at as to why he made this decision in the first place if he has a great day tomorrow he kind of shut us all up and say that that's why i did it i knew what i was doing i knew what i could do and i just showed you why yeah and i mean i, I just think with him size is the biggest biggest battle that he's gonna have to face He's just not, I mean, he's not what you think of when you think of safety. I mean, you think of playmakers, you think of like Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, that dude's just a player. He doesn't have, you know, prototypical size, but he makes up for it. I just, I don't know that Trey Norwood, he's so much smaller. I, I just don't know he can make up for that. I mean, I don't even know where he gets drafted. I I still... You know, from the beginning, I, I my first thought was, well, he's not going to get drafted. Like, he'll go as a free right. agent and he'll get yep. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I still kind of feel that way. Like, I'll be surprised if his name gets called. I'll be surprised. I'm sort of wondering what the format's going to be tomorrow. Will we get all six of them for Zoom? Will there be some that just bail and don't don't want to talk? I mean, it's, it's not really – they can't really force those guys – 
to participate in the media session. So and they all leave kinda, at this at different times is the hard thing about that because you yeah, know when so you're I, there at pro day, you're you're always like. Well, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson will probably get done early, and then, you know, he'll want to get out of there. Probably a little different situation, but I did notice Clemson's having their pro day tonight, and they did hold Zooms. They're doing it right now, in fact. I saw Brooke Pryor tweeted something from, uh, I think it was NTN or somebody. Interesting. Well, maybe we'll do it that way. Maybe it'll happen before. Fingers crossed. But, I mean... It is going to be interesting. They are going to have an NFL draft. It's, you know, they're they're going to have people this year unlike last year. Uh and I think a lot of it is they're going to do some special things with like vaccinated frontline workers and stuff like that. They're going to have special access. So, we'll be like, I mean, remember the last draft that they held was in Nashville and that was madness. Right on Broadway there. I mean, that was like the entire city came downtown for that thing. That that was that was like when we earned COVID. They're like you assholes <laughs> show up fifty thousand strong to watch a bunch of names get called. Remember you're, the you're, big you're, the big side story that week was all the pissed off bridesmaids that yes. that uh, couldn't have their that scheduled their bachelorette party that weekend in Nashville. I forgot about oh. that. that. That's one of the better uh, audio clips of all oh, time. Yeah, they were the so guy mad. going around and asking them, and they're like, "We had no idea." <laughs> Didn't like one of them be like, "I'm going to ruin my husband's fantasy football team because of this." <laughs> well, that'll be happening in Cleveland this weekend, or next, or three weekends, whenever that is. So. Yeah, like April 27th, something like that. Um, I I do wonder tomorrow. Uh, I mean, no media is allowed, but they have to let the the person NFL personnel come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering. And by the way, couldn't Spencer Rattler throw if he wanted to? Haven't they? Yeah. I mean, for the same reason that Charleston Rambo was able to yeah. catch, right? Yeah. Yep. Unless Tanner uh, Tanner Schaefer's going to step up and have his pro day. That'd be baller. If he was just ready for his moment. It's called next man up. That's the definition. But, you know, one guy that we haven't talked about that I think does have a real shot, Lee Morris. Is he participating? Oh, he's not participating, is he? No, I just remember Mann and Dylan. I don't remember any other former names. I think they should invite... Uh, Why wouldn't Lee Morris be participating, though? Because he graduated a year ago. I mean, I guess just for another opportunity? Yeah. I don't know. Has he yeah. been staying in shape? I, I really have no idea. I, I hadn't even thought about Lee Morris. Lee Morris feels like the guy that should have been part of this season. So that he could have played yet another year, yeah, and, ha- and be that guy that every team in the league is like, "Oh my God, we're so sick of Lee Morris, this like just killing us, and we don't understand why." I'll be honest with you; I don't even know. Did he even get in a camp anywhere? I want to say he got invited to a camp, but it might have been just a rookie workout thing. Hell, no, because that, it was during COVID. He might have been one of those, just a perfect case of somebody that would have had more opportunities had there not been a pandemic going on. Like, I, there's no reason to think that he couldn't be on somebody's practice squad at the very least. Uh, He's one of the more underrated or underappreciated guys, I think, that Oklahoma's had here over the course of the last four or five years. He has a, he has a page on NFL.com. 
It just says okay. College, Oklahoma. Five foot eleven, one eighty experience, zero years. Informative and rich. Wait, five foot eleven? There's also a Wikipedia page for Lee Morris, who is fifty six years old, that is a former wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Well, that's definitely him. Yeah, there's no information on Lee Morris. It's weird. Or where he is or what he's doing. He verticaled 38 last year at the Pro Day. <laughs> That's crazy. That is insane. He had a good Pro Day. And it was, you know, benefit. Because remember, this was the last day. That was the, the last morning of normalcy was OU's Pro Day. So those guys actually got to go through it. That was your last picture. I saw it this morning, Bob. He was. Trey Sermon. I was like, oh, he's not going to the Buckeyes. See, he's, he's right here at Pro Day. God, and why would he go anyway? I mean, God, that's going to go terribly for him. Bad decision, Trey. Yeah, Trey was all over the place. Like, he was, yeah, he was he there. Yeah, he was fully engaged. I mean, I, that was the most confusing thing. I was like, really? He's going to go to Ohio State? He's, like, around the team all the time. And he went to Ohio State. So. Um... All right, um, let's jump back into recruiting here. Um, Josh, I know there's all kinds of uh, you know things going on. Offers still going out, and, and you put out your Sooner State rankings, and uh, you put together, what was it, 64-player offer sheet or whatever that's out there? <laughs> that was one of the most mind-numbing things I've ever done in my life. That Because, like... I'd get down. I'd get it to fifty, and then they'd offer four more guys. Okay, well now I got to go catch the video. Do you know? Do the and it's not like it's hard. It's just so repetitive. It's easy to kind of get distracted. Like I'd start doing something else, even like I, you know, I or I'd get involved in the board chat or I'd do something like that, and it just took forever. But yeah, uh, OU has been busy this spring. A uh, lot of different offers going out. Um, you know, we talked I think about some of them last week. Um, but, you know, uh, kind of looking at some of the more recent ones, uh, you know, last night I talked to, um, oh, uh, of course, I'm going to blank out here. Give me just a second. Uh, Jonte, uh, the cook, the wide receiver from DeSoto, and he, you know, he was one of a couple of guys that had virtual visits last night. Richard Young, big-time running back from Florida in the 2023 class, he tweeted out about it. Jonte Cook just kind of messaged me and said, hey, you know, I, I, I had a I had a virtual last night, and we talked for a while about it. I he's the kid that came out and said OU was kind of his childhood dream school. He grew up a big Kyler Murray fan, which you know I was joking around with him, which is almost sacrilege at DeSoto because I would say Kyler Murray cost DeSoto no less than two state championships. So I'm a little surprised that anybody that wears the green can even you know is even allowed to like him. But, uh, you know, they've, they've slowed down a little bit this week. One of the interesting ones yesterday was Jeremy Patton, the linebacker out of Tenaha, Texas. Um, last time Oklahoma was in Tenaha was literally 10 years ago when his cousin, uh, Reginald Davis was a recruit that ended up going to Texas Tech. And if I remember right, had a good year or two maybe in there. I can't really remember, but I feel like he was one of those guys that was about to break out and then something happened and it didn't quite come together. But, um, you know, obviously, though, good athletic family and just a guy that, you know, Brian Odom just kind of found him, liked him, didn't really care that his offer list didn't exactly match up with a normal OU offer, but they went in on him and, um, you know, I, I think are going to have a chance to compete there if, 
if that's what they want to do. Now, I think at linebacker, they've got a lot of good options, but now they've got to start wheedling it, you know, kind of whittling it down into these are the guys we're really focused on. Um, I noticed in your woke that uh, it just so happens that Alabama and Oklahoma are going after the same two running backs. <laughs> that's never happened. <laughs> And it always goes so well for Oklahoma. That's one of those things that, like... What did you guys think of the Rush Probe stuff? Did you? I thought it was awesome. (laughs) I mean, what a trash person that guy is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's like uh, he's he's not really, um, uh, you know, what do they call it? Credible witness. Credible witness, (laughs) yeah. 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 But But you you love hearing it. No no matter whose mouth it's coming out of. Because it's one of those things where I'm like... I, I don't really need you to be that authentic for me to be like, yeah, that's pretty plausible. That 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 doesn't sound that crazy to me. Um, and if you don't know uh, what we're talking about, Rush Probst was uh, he was on tape. Uh, somebody was a smoking gun on YouTube put this out there, but basically going through both Kirby Smart and uh, uh, Nick Saban's bag men situations at their respective schools and how much they're paying players. Like what did he say? Is one hundred fifty thousand is what they're up to now? Something like that. And the best part about it is he's talking to the TD Club president, <laughs> whose name is M Nub Nelson. Like if there's anybody that's involved in shady recruiting practices, it would have to be somebody named M Nub Nelson. I think he directly implicates Nick Chubb in there. He does. He, he? Yeah. he said he got uh, yeah. one hundred and eighty thousand. I think three installments of sixty k. Not bad. I- and I just love, I, I kind of went over to our Georgia board and saw what they were doing. Like, every guy on there knows for fact that this is all bullshit. Like, this, this none of this happened. This never happened. Can't I'm like, believe yeah. Rush Probst. I mean, Kirby Smart came from a pillar of virtue like Nick Saban. There's no <laughs> way he'd learn to do things like this. Although Nick cheats like a bastard since Kirby left. Yeah, and Jeremy Pruitt wasn't cheating either. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just amazing that almost every branch that comes off the Nick Saban tree somehow gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar. But nah, Nick's Nick's clean as the the driven snow. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You you go with that. But I guys, somebody brought this up on the board, and I think it's a good it's something that goes overlooked when everybody's like, Well, you just gotta go to the SEC. That's the only way they're gonna compete. You think it's tough recruiting against the SEC? Try com- recruiting and competing against them. Like, because when you lose a recruit to Alabama, the odds are you're never going to have to play that recruit. Imagine losing him or to Georgia or to Tennessee or any of these other programs that there is some reason for suspicion. Let's put it that way. You Then you have to go play them. You have to play all of them. Like, that... You're you're trying to play on their level with one hand tied behind your back, and well, and here's the thing: it's like it was, I was on board with that when it appeared that OU had to go undefeated to get into the playoff. They just lost two games last year, and they they were in the conversation at the end. Uh, they weren't going to make it, but they were in the conversation. You can get to the college football playoff losing one game a year, Oklahoma, if you're Oklahoma, yeah. yeah. They don't lose to in Kansas the Big State. 12. If they don't lose to Kansas State, they're probably in the uh, yeah. final four. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, and they lost to a horrible Kansas State team. Like, not just like, you know, Iowa State, okay, you lost to names, good team, ended up in the top ten. No shame in that loss. But 
the Kansas State game, that's just awful. You know, it's kind of funny looking back on all that and like the Kansas State game as unexplainable as it was and losing a 21-point lead in the third quarter with two minutes left. They still had the ball with, what, a minute and a half left in Ames going driving down to win the game or to at least, I guess, tie the game yeah. and send it to yeah. overtime and Rattler throws the interception on first down. It's like the further away you get away from those losses, it's like, yeah, maybe it was a little bit of overreaction. And then we it wasn't out, nearly as bad as it really was. We found out in the Texas game, like Rattler just wasn't there yet, and then he got there. That that overtime, he became a really good quarterback from that time on. So, I I mean, I still look. I think the best option moving forward. And I, I can't believe we're talking about realignment um, on the pod. I guess we have better, you know, nothing better to do. I still think that. OU folks on a 14-1 run. Yes, they are. I think the Big 12, with everything that's going on in the Pac-12, firing Larry Scott, like I still think that there's a pretty good chance that they could lure two teams away from the Pac-12. I think that's what you set your sights on. Somehow finding a way to do that. If the TV situation continues to be a disaster, it's just... I just think interest is going to keep waning in college football out west. Well, Kerry, well, you know, my thought would be why not? Why why does everybody have to do it all at once? Why not try and go get Arizona and Arizona State, absorb them in? Yeah, that's four where years later, you start. Go back, yeah, and then you you know then try to take a big bite of something. You know, okay, look how well it's worked out. We want USC and Oregon and Washington. We'll we'll take some of the really big boys on the on the Pacific Coast. And the other thing is, this is what I was saying from the beginning, but no one wanted to listen. And, and with streaming and cable and everything that's going on in that world right now, there's no reason the Big 12 can't get proactive and go back to the table on a network either. The Big 12's done so good over the last year. The thought of them being proactive about anything would just be... I know. Well, the, Bowlesby's not your guy to do that. No, definitely not. You're going to have to get a different commissioner in. I wonder how much longer he has. What's his contract situation? I'm not sure. I'd have to do some investigation. Yeah, I thought you were talking about him dying, Eddie. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No. <laughs> no. Bob, Bob can stay around as long as he wants. <laughs> Through June of 2025 is what I just found. Yeah, because I, uh, I think that oh. they, they just re-upped that, didn't they? This is, yeah. Well, this is from September of 2017, so maybe it's even been extended beyond that. Uh, I just looked up his contract. Um, I don't see anything more recent than that, though. That look, yeah. I mean, everything I see is from that time period in 2017. As we all search, listen to us, Google. Yeah, I'm. I'm not doing that. I'm just not that interested in this discussion. I'm watching hoops. <laughs> I think we've come to an, an impasse with the pod topic. So. No, I mean, is there anything that can be added to just as far? It, it seems like right now is kind of that period as far as everybody's building up towards the start of spring football, which obviously we're less than two weeks away from starting. Uh, and then I think once you get to spring, it's like, okay, camps are going to be in session. There's going to be a lot more activity on the recruitment trail. You would hope at some point with the asinine decisions that the uh, NCAA 
what's it called, the oversight committee has made. Yeah. I mean, it just it sucks right now. I, I feel for the coaches. Well, and we know the, the date has been set for the spring game, which Eddie is also a fan of everybody else having the same date, August 24th. Yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, but you won't be able to have recruits. It'll be 25% capacity. Uh, but the good news is OU has announced that they have full expectations of uh, maximum occupancy uh, next season, which, God, I think, you know, I think I might be emotional at the first game with a full crowd. I imagine we'll still Western be wearing Carolina. masks. Still be... Uh, <laughs> Mm, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow if they're like, you can come down on the field, but you have to wear a mask. I might have a Trader Joe's scene. And I mean, I get it. Like, before, you know, at this point, I do see this, and, and this is... I just want to make it out of New Orleans alive. Have you guys kind of noticed, like, Arizona was the first state to say anybody over the age of 18? And I was watching the news the other night, and even Oklahoma is getting to the point where they're like, we're having a harder time finding people that want to get vaccinated. I mean, I, Oklahoma, and we talked about this last week, I think, but it's been such a good rollout. I know that I give the governor a lot of shit, but I feel like anybody that has actually wanted it up here or gone through the routes that they can get it have done so. It's been, I think, a pretty good rollout. Well, you've had your first shot. I've had mm -hmm. my first shot. Um, and when I went, it was amazing at how efficient it was and all that. Uh, it was I, truly incredible I'm just, just knowing that I got up. it within 10 minutes, you know? I'm just bringing this up because uh, you've seen NBA players say, we're not sure if we want to get the vaccine, uh, which has put you know um, Adam Silver in a weird position. Like, what do colleges do? I, like... They that, can't force kids to get the vaccine. That question was brought up on the board today, just as far as like ROU coaches telling their guys or, you know, girls to go out and get the, like, I don't think there's going to be a mandated OU says, hey, you athletes have to get it. They can't, right? What they can say is, look, you know, you we can't force you to get the vaccine, but you could miss playing some football games if you don't. Sure. 100%. That's I think that's the best they can do. And you would hope that you know players are like, okay, yeah, I'll get the vaccine. If that means I don't have to worry about contact tracing and all this stuff. Which I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, it, it's like, who knows what the CDC says or what recommendations are going to be like. I thought it was stupid when they said, well, even if you get your second shot, they don't recommend that you travel. Like, why not? Like, that's stupid. Like, to be able to travel. Yeah, I mean... So you don't know what the rules and stuff that's going to... And we know that colleges and universities are going to follow whatever the you know, local health department guidelines are. So regardless if you're open at 100% or not, you're still going to have guidelines that you're following from the health department. Sure. In regards to contact tracing or... Well, and there's going to be city ordinances and stuff like that, I would imagine, too. Like, the state of Oklahoma's opening on Friday... But I think the city ordinance of a mask mandate supersedes that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean... Yep. It's supposed to. I know Austin yep. and the state of Texas are in a big fight right now. Uh, yeah, businesses because, can do whatever they want. Like, I, I still... You still go to businesses that are like... Because Oklahoma's never had a mask ordinance. It's just been up to the cities. Yes. 
Uh, and then it's, you know, if the cities don't have anything, it's up to the business. Uh, like I was in, I bought paint yesterday. Uh, it's Sherwin Williams and I'm standing in there with some other nice ladies. Uh, and we're all social distancing and there's a guy at the counter not wearing a mask and we're all wearing masks. And it's like that dude always look, he's the same guy. They look the same. They dress the same. They always, you know, they're, they're, they're basically self-contractors. That's what they all look like that I run into, either at Lowe's or Home Depot or the paint store. But they drive a big truck. They're just like Josh. They got their F-950, uh, and they refuse to wear a mask. They just all look... It's fascinating to me how it's all the same person. I'm going to officially no comment at this portion of the uh, podcast. I'm not judging him. I mean... I'm, I'm not staring him down. I mean, I got my first shot. I'm getting my second one. I don't care what you do. I'm very, very close to uh, going do maskless. Are you? I mean, I, I'll wear it. It doesn't bother me. I wear the gator almost 90% of the time. It's just a stupid social convention at that point once you've got your second shot. Sure. You're just doing it not to be an asshole. Because people don't know you've got your second shot. I'm going to get a scarlet letter so everybody knows. <laughs> like, don't ha- just get a T-shirt. Don't hassle me. I'm, I'm vaccinated. Somewhat, yeah. Eddie could do a very good one about Bob. I could, I could see Eddie doing a reprisal of that role. I, I think he could fit in there nicely. I don't even sure what you're referring to. I know the movie What About Bob. Yeah, he wears a shirt that says, Don't hassle me, I'm local. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where that came from. Okay. Well, I think we've gone off the rails, and it's probably time to end the pod. Josh, how uh, how how many times are I going to say holy shit when I see Cooper Alexander today? Uh, I don't know. It depends on what he's doing, but, I mean, this he looks like the real thing on tape. I, I'm very interested to see what he looks like when you see him up close. I, I obviously haven't had that chance yet, but... Uh, you know, for those listening and don't know, this is Steven Alexander, former, you know, NFL pro bowler, uh, OU all big 12 tight end. It's, it's his son that is now a, I guess, freshman going into his sophomore year at Norman high. And I talking to people at Norman high, they are very, very excited about him. All right. Sorry, Bob. I muted you there. Uh, we get a little noise. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to Pro Day tomorrow. Uh, and then uh, looking forward to you guys covering the camp on Sunday. We'll uh, have the live feed coming back to me. So hopefully I'll be able to get some stuff up on social quickly so you guys can see it. Uh, and uh, that's going to do it because I've got to get around and get out of here, go shoot some photos. Uh, but appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys joining in. Uh, Sooners coming up later tonight in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, taking on KU Pearl. It was great having you on the podcast as well today. Uh, So thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you guys back here again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.